I love to see our public getting educated. So thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk about what a realtor is. I have been one for 20 years in the Franklin, Tennessee market, close to Nashville. Are you feeling uncertain about selling your home? Do you wonder what needs to be done to get it sold, what you could sell it for, and how to get an acceptable offer? If that's the case, then Get Me Ready to Sell is the podcast just for you. Your host, Jeff Jones, is a realtor, coach, and entrepreneur, and he can help you gain the confidence you deserve to successfully sell your home. Here's Jeff. Thank you for joining me on the Get Me Ready to Sell podcast today. This is the podcast where we navigate through the six stages of selling your home. Partner with professionals, prepare your home, price your home, promote your home, persevere through close, and pursue your future. I want you to be a confident home seller, and you don't want to live where you're living now, or you wouldn't be thinking about selling your home. Well, the podcast today, we're going to be talking to Monica Neubauer. She is going to talk to us about what is a realtor. I'll tell you a little bit more about her in the introduction. But today we're dealing with the partner with a professional and we'll navigate through exactly what a realtor is and why that should be important to you, the home seller. I'm also using this podcast on my Get Me Ready to Buy podcast. That's for buyers and it navigates through those stages as well. If you're thinking about buying, you might want to listen to that one as well. It's going to be in the show notes, a link to where you can get that. Uh, anyway, thank you for being here today hanging with us. Now let's get to the conversation I have with Monica. Today on our podcast, I have Monica Neubauer. Now Monica is a realtor in the Franklin area and we're going to talk about that at the end, but she also takes care of a podcast for the Center for Realtor Development that's part of the National Association of Realtors. I've been listening to her podcast for several years now. Uh, we actually met a little over a year ago when Monica was in my area doing some training for trainers. I'm a, a trainer in our area and for the state that I'm in. So uh, it was good to be a part of that and getting to meet her. So today I've asked her to talk to us about what is a realtor. You know, as a as a homeowner or a home buyer, <clears throat> you're wondering what in the world <clears throat> is a realtor and what is the difference between a realtor and a real estate agent? I thought, who better to talk about that than somebody who's talking to realtors all the time? So thank you, Monica. And um, just tell us a little bit more about you and then let's just hear what is a realtor. Well, thank you so much, Jeff, for having me on today. And I always love an opportunity to talk to the public. I do talk to realtors most of the time, and I love to see our public getting educated. So thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk about what a realtor is. I have been one for 20 years in the Franklin, Tennessee market, close to Nashville. And I have been a speaker to realtors all around the country since, I don't know, 2008 or something like that. So I love to share some good little nuggets in our industry. So with that, I will tell you what a realtor is. And you know, while you're saying that, I was kind of likening it to, you know, how we have um, the box of tissues that is called Kleenex, right? Yep. And we call it Kleenex. It has become, there's actually a name for that when something becomes, the brand becomes the moniker for something that is just a brand name. So Kleenex is a brand of tissue. And I, I say that as an example because Realtor is so widely known that the public generally thinks, well, everybody's a Realtor. And while most real estate professionals are Realtors, that's not the case that they all are. And without getting too deep in the weeds, a lot of us, especially in the, in the urban and suburban areas, 
Our membership to the National Association of Realtors is tied with our association and it's tied with our brokerage firm. And so our brokerages are connected in the area. So in your urban and suburban areas, you have more people who generally just default to a realtor status. In the place where you may not have realtors is in the rural areas where the multiple listing system works a little differently. The associations work a little differently. So with that being said, shall I continue? <laughs> so, so, you know, when, when somebody goes through whatever state that they're in, all the compliance to get their real estate license, mm -hmm. that license does not make that person a realtor. It does not. So every real estate agent is not a realtor but every realtor is a real estate agent. Yes. That's okay. Good. Yep. That's so good. the distinction. So if, if um, you know, in the areas where we're part of the national association of realtors, that makes us a part of our state realtor association. Right. Yes. And then our local area where people talk, they'll talk about ML, MLS getting their house listed. You just mentioned that. So what's the distinction between somebody in, in our markets where there are options to not be in the MLS to not be a part of the National Association of Realtors, what's the distinction that makes some makes an agent different from a realtor? Well, the main distinctions are that we follow the code of ethics, which I think we're going to talk about a little bit more, but we do have that code. We are members of a national association. And with that association, we receive the benefits that come from being a a part of a large association, and there are many. And we also are committed to follow the code of ethics, which is a guideline for our industry. And it's really important because the vast majority of real estate professionals are independent contractors, which means that our brokerage firms, they're legally accountable for us and they can tell us what to do to a degree. But as independent contractors, they cannot um, commend us uh, in our job as much as an employee could be. And so the association, we belong to it and it gives some guidelines and boundaries for how we do business in an ethical manner. Yeah. It's kind of like the, the Hippocratic oath for doctors, you know, it's, you know, and, yep. and we're, this isn't saying that a real estate agent is lower class or worse than a realtor because they may buy on their own choose to go by the code of ethics just because right. anybody can download and we'll have a link in our show notes to the, to the code of ethics for the national association of realtors that anybody can read that. And uh, I think the code of ethics has three major sections in that, right? Three major um, sections. It okay. picks up, it's got 17 articles and the three sections is it's all about how realtors engage with other people. And so there's a section where this is how we engage with the public and then that's all we would call those in a more neutral sense, customers. Then there's a section for how we engage with clients. And clients are only people that we have an agreement with. Now, state laws can vary a little bit. Most states want you to have a signed agreement to have a client relationship, but not every state has that same law. And then the third section is how realtors relate and connect and should behave with other realtors. <laughs> should behave. I, I like how you said that. Well, you know, <laughs> one thing I want to say about it is, you know, we talk about the realtor code of ethics. And when people are talking, realtors are talking about, oh, somebody's violating the code. Well, 
we all have personal sense of ethics and things that we feel are the right ways things should be done and what's fair and all that kind of thing. And so people will say, oh, somebody's behaving unethically when in fact, that's not always the case. Sometimes, yes, they may be actually violating something according to the code of ethics. But sometimes the person who they're saying they're violating, well, they just don't like the way they're doing it. So it breaks that person's more, their own personal code of ethics. So now they think you're violating the code of ethics when in fact it is not a violation of the objective code of ethics that NAR has. Hey, thanks for listening so far. I just want to make sure that you know about readytosellscore.com. On that website, you'll choose some statements that best describe how ready you are to sell your home. Then you'll get a customized list of items of things that you need to do to actually get ready to sell your home. I look forward to being able to help you any way I can. Now back to the show. So if, if, um, if a pup, a member of the public or a client of a realtor felt like there was um, something they had done unethically. You know, they, yeah. they read over the code or, or whether they got their feelings hurt or not. How would uh, that person go about filing um, a claim or, you know, a violation against that particular realtor? And I know it may differ a little bit in areas, but generally, how would they go about initiating a grievance against a realtor for a possible code violation? Well, there's kind of two different things. I need to back up a little bit. There's not really a simple answer to that. I mean, it's okay. not that complicated, but the real estate professionals are under the laws of their state. There's generally the laws that the legislator has created. And below that, there is a real estate commission. And that is the bureaucratic management group for the real estate laws. And every state has a real estate commission. And the real estate commission takes some of the laws and puts rules in them. Okay. Now I need to let you know that. So that's the law and the rules from the real estate commission. And an agent could have violated one of those and not necessarily violated the code of ethics. So we serve under two governing bodies. Okay. So if a member of the public or a client is upset with us, they have and if they, you know, they're like, oh, I want to file some kind of a claim. I feel like I've not been treated well. They actually have two opportunities to do that or two potential avenues, depending on what was, what, what complaint they have and what they felt happened to them. They could go and do the code of ethics. So I'll finish with that. And then I'll wrap back up with the law where I started, but with the code of ethics, they can maybe Google it and read through it and see if they think there's a complaint there. And they would call up the local association of realtors. Now, in our area, we have a pretty large metropolitan area and we have, gosh, like seven or eight associations. So people don't always belong to the local association that's in their area. They may belong to one that's nearby. So you may have to do a little hunting. Or if you call an association, sometimes the staff at that association can help you find out which association you that person is belonging to. So first you have to find out what association they go to or belong to. So then that member of the public talking to the staff, the staff will usually help them fill it out because members of the public and our clients don't understand the process. And I can tell you, <laughs> the one thing the public can feel sure about the process is highly detailed and it goes through many, many steps. And I've been through that training to be on a grievance panel. 
Right. And so it's, there's a lot to it. So I've been on grievance a number of years. I've been on professional standards and I've yep. sat on some of the hearings. Um, but the thing that, that, that it may be possible is there are people in the associations, they're called ombudsmen and they're there. They're trained to help those members of the public to file a claim. They'll help them look at the code of ethics and determine if that's a possibility that what has happened could be a violation and they can help them prepare to submit their claim because people need to submit all of the paperwork, even with their claim, they, they would have more opportunity later to submit more information, but it's best to submit a full package with your claim because you just mentioned the grievance committee, the, the claim will then go to the grievance committee and their job is to look over the basic material, look it over and see if they feel like it's worthy of a panel hearing. And if they don't have enough information, generally they don't go back and ask for more information. So they need to have as much information as you, the complainant can bring at that time. And so they'll evaluate it. And if they don't see it as a violation of the code, they'll say, no, we don't see it. It, it, it just doesn't violate the code. That doesn't mean it wasn't wrong in some, some situation or in somebody's eyes, but it technically does not violate the code. Now, if it does, if the grievance committee says, yes, I think it does violate the code, they will pass it forward for a hearing panel. And the reason we have a grievance committee is because a hearing panel is a very big undertaking. You have four to six realtors generally who are a jury of sorts to hear the, the you know, it goes a little bit like a trial, but mm -hmm. there's, there can be a lawyer if you want, but oftentimes there aren't and people are bringing and sharing their stories. So it's very time consuming and it takes a lot of work on behalf of the staff, the staff member. And that is their job. So that's fine that that happens. But the grievance committee is a little bit of a buffer that says, do we think this should go forward or not? So. I, can, yeah. I have some more, but I, I hate to do run on too much. <laughs> <No. run> on. <laughs> I, I just I, I just want to make um, the public, you know, aware of there is a process. If you feel like um, a realtor has not fulfilled their obligations to you or misrepresented themselves, there is there is a, a method and a process for you to be able to take some action against that. That may turn into something or it may not. But at least you get an opportunity to have somebody to hear you about what you think that they did wrong. So you're not, you don't, you're not just stuck and live with that, you know? Yeah. Um, Can I tell people about the real estate commission process too? Sure. Cause I feel like it's important. I know we want to, we're focusing on NAR here, but that's okay. The laws and the rules are different. So you may find that it may or may not be an ethics committee. Maybe the appropriate place to file your complaint is with the real estate commission and they have a different um, situation and they, you can go Google your state real estate commission and find out how to submit the complaint there. And, but I would say to, to the public or to your listeners that if it gets turned down and I can't say never say never. I mean, I serve with amazing people on our professional standards committee, but sometimes things are really close and sometimes you don't get the satisfaction that you want and I would just say, thank you for submitting and trust the process. There are skilled and talented people reviewing it. And generally, if you've made a complaint and it is rejected at the grievance level or the real estate commission, it's, it doesn't violate some of the rules. It doesn't mean your, your feelings weren't hurt or maybe it could have been handled better, but 
please believe you've gotten due process because that it definitely happens. Yeah, they don't have to. They they shouldn't think that the good old boy system kicked in and you know they protected themselves, kind of like the blue wall for police or whatever. Right. Because you know on that professional standards and the grievance committees, we have to go through and give. You know we're we're given the code, the potential code uh, articles that may have been violated. And we have to go back and then we have to document why we believe it either is a violation or it's not a violation, not just because, you know, we like that person. And then again, if it's somebody in my own brokerage, I'm recusing myself from right. that. Or if it's, yep. you know, a close friend. So it's, and then, and they, for us anyway, they usually will invite maybe 15 people to be on a grievance to only really need five, but they right. want to get, you know, a variety in there just to make sure that we have enough with a, um, uh, with an unbiased perspective yeah. <clears throat> and we have to go by that code. So we have to, we have to dive into those articles, um, you know, pretty, pretty deep just to see, is this a violation? So, yep. um, and um, we've talked about the national association of realtors. I'm put you on the spot. How long has the NAR been around? Oh, is it like 125 years or so? I think, or 1901 or 1902. I was it, thinking it, maybe, yeah. And so it is. Uh, from what I remember, going through all of those the trainings, uh, and I should have looked this up before we started recording. Um, it is the oldest professional, uh, voluntary professional group in the United States. Isn't that what? I, is I think that true? That's, I, that's what I'd heard as far as you know, doctors having an association or different ones. We're one of the very oldest uh, to have that. So we've been around the longest we're and we didn't start the off largest. the pot. We didn't we're start the off the podcast this way, but um, how do we pronounce R-E-A-L-T-O-R? Realtor. Realtor, not real a tour. You don't say doc a tour. Uh, and I, I know, you know, that, that bothers, uh, it doesn't bother me as much as it does some of my friends in the industry. It's just like, that's just one of their, their heels are going to die on. So it's something um, that uh, respectfully, we would like for people to pay attention to. And it yes. actually is a brand name and it's trademarked, copyrighted, all of that. So it, it needs to be correctly pronounced if possible. Um, again, we're not going to, uh, right. And we have, you know, ways we're supposed to put it in all caps and put the R and all this, yeah. you know, things on it when we're using it. Uh, so there are some guidelines for that. So um, we're not saying that somebody who's not a realtor is not a great real estate agent. But if um, a, a, a buyer or a seller is looking to bring somebody on, why should they lean toward what's the value they're going to get from having a realtor, somebody who has voluntarily placed themselves under the authority, so to speak, because of the code of ethics of the National Association of Realtors. Why would why would it be better to look for somebody with that than maybe somebody who's not? Well, you know, I need to say it's actually not voluntary for everybody, as much as I hate to say that. Um, I mentioned at the beginning that sometimes it's tied to the multiple listing service. And so. And yeah, again, our, our brokerage requires it. You can't be a part of our brokerage. It doesn't matter where you are right. and not be one. A commercial real estate's a little different. <clears throat> um, well, even at with least the MLS, it's even different with that because you could have a group where the brokerage requires you to be part of the state association and the associations. And the thing with the MLS is that sometimes they're all tied together 
and the MLS own is owned by the association. So in order to have access to the uh, multiple listing service, they need to be a member of the association, which in some respects I say, great, that's, that's reasonable. But the multiple listing service has become such a behemoth. That's a little bit of a uh, kind of a pain point for some people is that why can't I just have access to the multiple listing without being a realtor? And, but the, association owns it. It's kind of membership has yeah. benefits. And so that kind of thing. So I would, I would say that if your agent, you want to talk to them about being a realtor, because the people who proudly talk about being a realtor are going to be committed to following the code of ethics. They're proud of the education and the benefits that we get from NAR. We also have a strong presence in Washington lobbying for the rights of homeowners and the the financial benefits that can be gotten we've you know worked on behalf of the 1031 exchange there are things that people don't even really understand sometimes that they need that we have our lobbyists and some of our staff working for in Washington so there's a lot of benefit that comes from it networking and that all comes from being part of an association and as an independent contractor I love being part of my local association. I get education, I get guidance, I get structure, and I get lots of great networking. I get opportunity, same at the state level. And then also at the national level, you have committees and ways to serve and help and um, improve our industry. So it really provides a lot of people. So if your agent is a proud member of NAR, then they're taking advantage of those benefits. They enjoy being a part of that. They're probably um, enjoying the networking and things like that. If they don't really like being a realtor, um, well, <laughs> I don't want to say I don't want to say more because I, I mean I can't get in everybody's mind. Okay. But I hope your agent is happy to be a realtor. <laughs> yeah. And and if I'm a realtor, I'm proud of that because that's who we are. You know, that's so. who we, uh, I love that slogan. <laughs> And yeah. I think I, w I wish you could put a link or something for your listeners. Yeah, it was I'll, a slogan from a couple of years ago, and that's who we are. Yeah, and, and I'll find I'll find some of the commercials that have been playing probably on YouTube or somewhere and link them as well, just so they can kind of see a little bit about you know who we are. Some of that stuff still shows up for us. Billboards. Uh, I saw an ad probably about three months ago, um, and we'll I hear hear them on the radio as well uh, here well, even locally. That's what I want people, I would love for the public to ask better questions of your agent. Are you a realtor? Tell me about your brokerage firm. Do you have mentors? Do you have peer mentorship? Where are you getting your education? I would love for the public to recognize that there definitely are levels of trained of trained persons and trained competencies. All real estate agents, like every other industry, are not created equal. So, are you working with well-trained agents who've gotten designations and higher levels of advanced training? If you're working with a newer agent, how are they getting their business to grow? How, who's mentoring them? Who's helping them help you? So we want your, the agent you work with to be well-connected with in the community that they're networking. They have access to more buyers and other agents, and we want them to be trained so that they can actually serve you in the best capacity. So don't be afraid to ask those questions. Don't prejudge because you've got new agents who are really doing amazing, excellent job and getting great training. And so new or age, there's none of that. I want you to interview them and find out who's the best fit for you and do they have good training and mentors or connections to help you get your move done.
Yeah, and and in the the podcast that I'm doing, uh, and again, I have one get me ready to sell for sellers, get me ready to buy for buyers. And yeah. this is showing, this is going to be on both of those. Uh, I'm not sure the order that they are, but I have done podcasts on how to find an agent, how to hire one. Okay. And I just recorded one, how to fire one if oh. things aren't working out. Um, yeah. So, I'll, you know, because that that's real, you know, we need to know, is there a way to get out if things aren't working or things in my life just change? Uh, yeah. But I did want to explain just the difference. So somebody knows when they talk about being a realtor, it's not just a tag that we have on the end of our name or on a business right. card. It means something. Uh, and it's not just we we went through some classes, passed the test and we got a license. Um, you know, I, I'm thinking about that. I'm, I mentor agents in our brokerage and I've got uh, four mentees I'm dealing with right now and helping them navigate what is our real estate commission for our state? What is our state association? What's in our MLS? What's NAR? Helping them keep up with why, how they're different and what comes from what section. It's yeah. difficult for newer agents to keep track of. No, that's a real estate commission thing. No, that's a, a NAR th an NAR thing helping them navigate all that. So it's, it keeps me on my toes of staying fresh to keep them prepared for that. And again, just because it's a new agent doesn't mean they're not going to provide you phenomenal service. Yeah. Uh, so you just want to ask them, ask yeah. them questions. And yep. a veteran agent may not provide you phenomenal service just because they're, it will, whatever. But anyway, <laughs> hey, I am so glad that you were with me today on this. And I know this is primarily going to the consumer, somebody that's either looking to sell a home or buy a home. But I do have agents that have listened to these and have appreciated the content. So if um, if an agent happens to be listening to this and they're wanting to follow you um, or to connect with you about some training and stuff that you do, what is the best way for them to connect with you? Well, the best one-stop shop is monicanewbauer.com, Monica, N-E-U-B-A-U-E-R.com. And you can follow me on Instagram or on Facebook. You can listen to the podcast at crdpodcast.realtor. And yeah. And, and I'll, have a, I'll have a link in the show notes yeah. and in, in the description here. Uh, so if somebody happens to be a client looking for a realtor, in the Franklin area, you want them to go to the same place or a different a different place to connect with you? Well, I do have a, a local real estate website, franklintnblog.com, but you can find me through any of those. I have a local business partner who helps me if I'm speaking or something. So I've got a great team here in Franklin and I'm a native of the area. So I am a proud lifelong Tennessean. And okay. uh, yeah. All right. Great. Thank you very much. I appreciate you for being with me today and uh, look forward to hearing some more from your podcast uh, when the new ones come out. Thank you. Thanks. I'm so glad you're doing this, Jeff. I appreciate it. Thanks for All right. the invite. Thanks, Monica. Wow. I just love her. She is a lot of fun and I'm grateful that she gave us the time to be here today to talk about what a realtor is and why, why that is important to you as a home seller. I hope that you will uh, follow her. If you're interested in learning more about being a realtor, you can listen to the podcast she does. If you are a realtor or you're thinking about getting your real estate license, let's have a conversation. I can help you navigate through some of that as well. Uh, if uh, you are just thinking about selling your home, uh, if you happen to be in the Franklin or Nashville area, reach out to Monica she would do a great job taking care of you. As always, if you're not sure how ready you are, you can get your score at the readytosellscore.com. 
you pick a few statements and it tells you exactly how ready you are to sell your home and what steps you need to do to get ready to sell your home. As always, please like and review the podcast so that others can find it, especially if you find it helpful. I would love a five-star review if you could. Uh, And you can also subscribe so that you are one of the very first ones to get the latest information that comes out about selling your home. Thanks for being with us today. Apologize for being tongue-tied a little bit. Uh, Hope you have a fantastic day.